Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Thursday, December 7th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in the New York Tri-State area. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Jay Doherty. And I'm Emma Murphy. And here's What's What near you. If you're planning to drive around Manhattan below 60th Street, brace yourself for some congestion pricing fees this spring. Thanks to a new measure from the MTA, Drivers entering the zone between 5 a.m. and 9 a.m. will face a $15 toll. Exceptions include emergency vehicles, those transporting individuals with disabilities, and drivers living in the congestion zone with an income of $60,000 or less. And if you stick to the West Side Highway or the FDR Drive, you won't be subject to the fees either. The MTA board voted almost all in favor of the new pricing model, but there's still a 60-day public comment period. Once that's over, the MTA board will make a final decision to launch the new toll program. Mayor Adams is headed to Washington, D.C. today for meetings about New York City's migrant crisis. The mayor is scheduled to meet with FEMA leaders, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, and House Democratic Leader Hakeem Jeffries. The mayor's trip comes as a new Quinnipiac University poll reports that 58 percent of New Yorkers disapprove of how Adams is doing as mayor. That's the lowest rating for a New York City mayor since Quinnipiac began polling registered voters in 1996. If you live in New York City, get ready for new noise cameras that catch loud, souped-up cars and motorcycles cruising down your street. Last night, the City Council approved the Stop Spreading the Noise Act, which will establish a citywide noise camera program and improve 311 reporting. I spoke with the author of the bill, Councilman Keith Powers. What inspired the decision to implement noise cameras in New York City? So we're getting every single day complaints into my office about different noise issues in the city, not just noisy vehicles, but construction, noisy establishments, noisy neighbors, you name it. Less people were on the streets, cars were taking advantage of that. We looked at other cities, and other cities are instituting a program like this where they have cameras on the streets that can measure decibel levels, and for vehicles that are being very noisy, Uh, issue a ticket to them, issue a fine. And we're not looking to punish uh, your everyday regular driver. We're looking for folks that are doing something illegal or doing something very disruptive. So we have other cities that are doing it. And New York City itself is actually piloting a program like this. So we said, why not really give New Yorkers a, a more sense of relief? And how do the noise cameras work? So they are affixed to a certain location somewhere adjacent to the street. When a vehicle is going a certain decibel level over the quiet noise level, the camera will turn on. It will snap a picture. If it's a vehicle, it will get a captured picture of their license plate. That vehicle then will get issued a ticket fine for that. It can take video recording. It can note the decibel level. Obviously, note the time of day, and then we'll snap that and we'll get out. We'll be sent to that person a fine. And what measures will be taken to ensure the accuracy and fairness of the noise camera enforcement, considering there's some concerns about potential misidentifications or false positives? Well, the pilot program that they've been doing over the last few years has been aimed at that exact question, which is making, you know, ensuring that you're putting a location where you're going to get real positive, not false. So, so number one is having a good location where you have clear lines of visibility and clear lights, you know, sight lines into the, the vehicle that helps. Two is um, we're testing out different locations to make sure it's even just where you affix it. 
you're going to be in the right place to get the right picture and also measure it appropriately. So that's the stage we're in right now is actually working through some of the criteria and details and locations. From there, we'll have a better understanding of exactly where it should go. And are there plans for public awareness campaigns to let drivers know about the noise cameras and the consequences of violating noise regulations? Yeah, look, we're doing a lot of press on it right now so people know it's coming. And then we're going to do more as it starts to roll out. And while we don't want necessarily disclose every single location where they're going to be for obvious reasons, uh, we, you know, we will do some more public education and certainly uh, always encourage people to do legal behavior and be safe drivers. And finally, how will the collected fines be used? They're going to go into the general budget for the city like other ones are as well. So you know, the folks who are doing bad behavior will fund good behavior in terms of services for the city, but there's no special allocation. That was my co-host Jay Doherty speaking with Councilman Keith Powers about the Stop Spreading the Noise Act. Communities of color aren't reaping the benefits of New York City's investment into big banks. That's according to a new report. It found that at any point in time, the city has about $12 billion deposited in banks, but almost 80% of the money is in banks that lend less to minority communities. In New York City, loans given out from 2018 to 2022 by Bank of America, Citibank, Chase, and Wells Fargo made about $11 billion in minority neighborhoods. According to federal mortgage data, that's less than a quarter of what they made in white neighborhoods. Advocates are urging the city to either use its influence to make changes in lending practices or create a publicly owned bank. A brand new fashion exhibit opens today at the Met Museum. WFUV's Savannah Mitchell has the story. Women Dressing Women will showcase 80 garments from 70 different female designers, all who played a part in paving the way forward for women in the fashion industry. Many of the garments are on loan from rare collections and are on display for the very first time. The exhibit was supposed to debut in 2020 to celebrate 100 years of women's suffrage, but it was delayed due to COVID-19. It spans over a century of fashion history and clothing trends. Melissa Huber, curator of the Costume Institute, says that part of the exhibition explores ideas of rejecting traditional beauty standards and discovering how clothing can provide elements of bodily autonomy for the wearer. Looks from iconic designers such as Betsy Johnson and Vivian Westwood will also be on display. The exhibit runs through March 3rd. The Yankees are adding another big star to their lineup. Outfielder Juan Soto previously played for the Padres. He's a three-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger winner, and a World Series champion. The Yankees paid a pretty steep price for Soto, giving up four of their pitchers and a catcher. The Yankees were just one of the reportedly 10 teams hoping to land Soto this offseason. And on this day in 1969, a TV special about a lovable snowman made its debut. Come on, Frosty. We're all waiting for you. Happy birthday! In its first year on TV, Frosty the Snowman aired right after the Charlie Brown Christmas special. As the story goes, a snowman's corncob pipe, button nose, and two eyes made out of coal were all brought to life by a magic cat, which created the character Frosty. And since then, Frosty the Snowman and other animated specials like A Year Without Santa Claus and How the Grinch Stole Christmas have become holiday staples. Girls on the Run is making a positive impact on young people across New York City. 
through education, exercise, and empowerment, these young people are becoming the next inspiring generation of New Yorkers. WFUV's Caroline Ely spoke with Girls on the Run NYC director Rosa Marufo, as well as coach Jamila Morand, about the work they're doing to empower kids in New York City. It's part of our ongoing Strike Accord campaign. In the bustling metropolis of New York City, empathy is especially important. And one remarkable organization is making waves or taking big steps, one young person at a time. Girls on the Run has taken root in the five boroughs, creating an inclusive space for female-identifying and non-binary students between third and eighth grade. Um, But it's so much more than running. And I think Uh, The emphasis that is put on the life skills and the skill building is what sets us apart. And the importance of movement and running is uh, a way to show yourself self-care and to show love and movement for your body. That was program director Rosa Marufo. She says in a post-COVID landscape coupled by the migrant crisis and other compounding factors, it's vital to make sure that all of these children's needs are being met. These young participants are not only getting fit physically, but also mentally, learning the values of teamwork, leadership, and self-confidence. We're running around, we have these activities, and then we're sitting down and we're reflecting and having a conversation about empathy. And then you take that out into the streets of New York, and that's this whole other impactful element. That was Coach Jamila Morand, who was also a participant in the program. She walks us through what a typical lesson could look like, and how they seek to be inclusive of all students of varying fitness levels and backgrounds. And what I love about it is you don't have to be a runner to join the team. We always say you can run, roll, skip at practice. She reminds us that Girls on the Run isn't just about running. It's a comprehensive youth development program that combines the empowerment of self-care and physical activity with social and emotional skill building. Girls on the Run is redefining empowerment and community building while embracing an ever-changing, diverse, and inclusive landscape. With WFUV News, I'm Caroline Ely. That was WFUV's Caroline Ely speaking with program organizers at Girls on the Run New York City. For more information and to learn how you can get involved, visit gotrnyc.org. And that's our show for today. But check back with us tomorrow around 3 o'clock for the latest news and exclusive interviews and feature stories from WFUV. And as always, you can find more from us at WFUVnews.org or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Jay Doherty. And I'm Emma Murphy. And that's What's What.